When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by... No one. Hey, do you reckon I could have a quick uh, breather? My right ass cheek is getting a bit numb. Um, uh, there's quite a pressure point down there. On the show today, Mercedes. They're scared of Red Bull. Christian Horner is loving Perez at the moment. Red Bull still some of Mercedes staff. The driver power rankings detective Cody goes in D cover. And much, much more. But first... We hand the mic over to a man, a man who, if he raised at Imola, would have won by three laps. A man that is already in Portugal, prowling the beaches, looking for babes. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Croft. It's lights out, and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Fermé show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is your main squeeze. Colby back again with another huge show for you today. The show's so huge, I can barely fit it all in there, but I usually don't do this. I don't do this, guys. We're just going to hold it up because I received a letter. It looks fairly important, and I need to open it before I do anything else. It's weighing on my mind. It's very unprofessional, I know, to open this while I'm recording. But it looks like it's a letter from the police. They've they've retrieved my firm, eh? <laughs> it was just wandering the streets all along, cold and shivering. Oh, my goodness. Well... What are you guys waiting for? You know what to do. I have my Fermi back, so all you need to do is get up in there and park it. After all, it is the Park It In My Fermi show. The show talking all things F1, news, opinions, discussion, results, murder, mysteries, and love triangles. And what an amazing show we have for you today. If you've missed any of the previous episodes, head over to parkitinmyfermi.com to catch up on all 30 episodes that I've done so far. But more importantly, 
look down at that listening device and gently caress the subscribe and follow buttons with the tip of your finger so you can get Cody whispering sweet nothings into your ear twice a week. Not enough, Cody? I don't blame you. We got socials crawling out of every orifice that we have at Parker in my family on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to slide into the DMs, well, I'll be waiting there, arms extended to brace your fall and catch you just like Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas' helmet caught Russell's fist. And what a show we have for you today. We are introducing Detective Goldie. Oh, a man that will go so deep into a situation to get to the bottom of it. We're going to do an update of the driver's power rankings and much, much more. But first, it's time for the news. News, 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 news. news. Cody, Formula One news. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news. It's the pimp news, pimp news. Didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news. Pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now. Pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. That's right, Whistleman, do your thing, because we have a huge news hour to talk a lot of things. Formula One, first up, Red Bull. Well, they've poached one of Mercedes' senior power unit engineers, Mr. Ben Hodgkinson, to head up its new Red Bull Power Trains division. Now, what they've got to say is we are delighted to welcome Ben to the Red Bull Power Train as technical director. This is what Christian Horner said. He comes to this hugely exciting project as a proven race winner and as an innovator capable of leading a like-minded team to highly of highly skilled engineers. When Red Bull announced the creation of Red Bull powertrains, it was also announcing a new phase of the company's ambition in Formula One to bring every aspect of car design in-house and to put our destiny in our own hands. The ultimate expression of that is the development of a Red Bull power unit to meet the next generation of Formula One engine regulations starting in 2022. Ben's appointment signals our long-term intent and we will support him and his team with every available resource required in order to succeed. Great move by Red Bull. Starting next year with the Honda buggering off, Red Bull will be designing their own engines. So to make sure that they are F1 legal, why not get someone who's been doing pretty good engines for some time now, excellent strategy. And if they wipe the floor with Mercedes as I predicted at the start of the year, well, I tell you, it's gonna be good things for years to come with Red Bull. Moving on, Mercedes believes they aren't the fastest team out there anymore, despite Lewis leading the driver's championship by a single point thanks to the fastest lap. They think Red Bull have closed the gap and have the pace in 2021 to knock them off. Don't take my word for it. Let's listen to the Mercedes team boss, Toto Wolff. This is what he had to say. We are still having a deficit with the car. We were on pole, but if Max had put in a decent lap, we were probably 25 one hundredths behind. Maybe even three tenths. That is simply what the, pack, what the pecking order is at the moment. In a race, it was very difficult to judge because of the circumstances, but we had a very good car today in the wet and in the drying up. We are slowly starting to understand it, but according to the data, we still do not have a car and power unit that can match that of the Red Bull Honda, and I tend to agree. I know that Red Bull looked the fastest in the qualifying. They had Perez second, Max P3 in qualifying, and both of them had little hiccups on their fastest laps as well. You could hear it in Perez's disappointment when he crossed the line. Let's take a little listen at that. 
Perez has never started on the front row before. He's on the front row now, though. That's a much better qualifying from the Mexican in the Red Bull. Thank you, mate. P2 and Max. Okay, good improvement, guys. We'll get them tomorrow. Well done, Sergio. It was a great lap. Well, well done. Good job. Thank you, mate. Tomorrow is what matters. Let's go, guys. Despite getting P2, he doesn't seem too pleased with that effort at all. And let's continue on. Speaking of Perez, Horner is loving what he's seeing from Sergio Perez. And to be honest, I am too. I think what we all forget is, yes, Perez is in the faster car now, but he has only had two races in it. He is looking good out there, and I'm sure he will turn it around. That's what Christian, this is what Christian Horner had to say. It was tough for him. He had such a good Saturday, the race just didn't go his way. A couple of little mistakes, particularly the spin behind the Ferrari, tough for him because he, we should have taken a lot more points out of the Mercedes. He had good pace in the race and, there was, and he was there still a long, long way to go. Horner said Perez, a winner in Bahrain with Racing Point, and now they're called Aston Martin last year, just needed time to get used to the car of change. It's different to what he's used to. He did a mega job, put it out in the front row, not only and only missed out on pole position. Only just missed out on. He said, "There's great races to come from him in the future. We could see clean air. His pace was strong. I expect to see him third in the drivers' championship when it is all said and done. I think Maxi Boy might pip Hamilton. I don't know. I, at the start of the year, I definitely said Ham Hamilton's going to win." He just always finds a way to win, and I don't think the car is the quickest out there, but he is just so damn good. So what do you guys think? Head over to the socials, at Parker in my firm, a Twitter, Insta, Facebook. Have a little discussion with me. I don't mind a little jibber-jabber, a little back and forth. We can talk all things, but that is going to do it for the news. In the Formula One paddock, one man goes above and beyond to find out what really went down. Who was at fault? And Will Haas... Ever be good? That man is going in deep. These are his stories. Oh. Oh, we are going super deep. Detective Caldy here reporting for Judy. We need to really look at what happened. And was there a little bit more to the Bottas and Russell crash than meets the eye? But that's not all. Double duty this weekend, a little bit of overtime as we invest FIA favouritism and how the race director really cocked it up on the weekend. Oh yes. This case was just put on my desk. I'm flicking through the file right now. The case of Bottas versus Russell. Who crashed into who? Who was at fault? Well, let's get to the bottom of it. Now, what happened? Lap 31, Hamilton goes off the track. Interesting. Well... With Mercedes, we all know that Hamilton is their only hope. Bottas can't get the job done, particularly in the wet. The man struggles to take a shower because he hates the wet so much. So Toto needed to do something and needed to do something quick. Lewis was able to reverse onto the track. Okay, well, that's a big no-no. First of all, very unsafe. And FIA should be banning him every... Si oh, wait. But of course they aren't banning him. They're not fining him. They're not giving him any penalties. He's Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis Hamilton. They don't want to come across as the racist organization, picking on the only black guy, especially while the George Floyd case was still going on. Okay, so what did we need? 
Toto called in an order. He told Bottas to slow down, let the Williams catch up. He then told Russell, Hamilton needs a red flag. He needs one. I've given Bottas the go-ahead. You need to execute order 66. Cause a crash, a crash so big that a red flag is out and about like George Russell's nipples on a shirtless Instagram pic. It's all making sense now. They crash into each other. What you didn't hear on the radio was Toto. He has a secret channel not monitored by the FIA. He tells the drivers to get angry with each other. It works. No one suspects a thing. Hamilton gets to the pit lane. Gets to change his tyres. His wing. Gets to unlap himself. And get to race again and gets P2. Case closed. Oh my God, we solved it. We have solved it. That's all it is. Toto has one of those secret, secret radio channels. But that's not all. What's this? Another file. Another case was placed upon my desk. It was the Eternal Affairs Bureau. The IAB. God damn sons of bitches. They want me to investigate the FIA. What happened here? Open the manila folder, seeing the gruesome pictures in front of me. I think I'm going to be sick, looking at the disgusting scenes I see before me. Oh, after the race, Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen were handled, handed penalties. Like hours after the race. People shouldn't be leaving the track not knowing the order in which they finished. Okay, Perez received a penalty for his overtaking under a safety car laps and laps into the race when it occurred on the opening lap. We all knew he broke the rules straight away. And we all know what the penalty is for breaking the rules. So it should be enforced immediately. Why did it take them so damn long to give the penalty? Why is Vettel and Raikkonen punished so long after the infringement took place? Raikkonen overtook or spun or, or something on lap 32. He went on to get some points only to have a 30 second time penalty given to him after the race. But Sir Lewis Hamilton can reverse onto a live racetrack and that's not considered a dangerous act. So there's no penalties for him. Reversing onto a live racetrack is illegal in literally every other motorsport in the world. So why does the FIA feel Formula One should be allowed this? No, 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 no. This doesn't add up. Wait, what's this? An envelope? full of cash and a letter inside that says please be quiet we, we fucked up signed the FIA it's all making sense now they, they, they fucked it Hamilton is their golden child he has the second coming of the one they call Schumacher they will do whatever they can but I don't think we will ever get to the bottom of this case but I can finally say I can finally buy myself something nice thanks to the FIA case closed and that's it that's Detective Cody at work right there. He's, he's digging deep, getting his hands dirty, getting so deep. And what a couple of cases have we solved today. Fantastic. But I think you know what that all means. It's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. 
So much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. All right, stat of a week time. Now we're going to be a little bit morbid with this one. But the first time ever a world champion died of natural causes wasn't until the year of 1992. This driver had a heart attack during the Bathurst 1000. Prior to that, all the previous champions who had died had been in some sort of crash, either car or aeroplane. And that driver was Denny Holm. And that was... Your stat of the week. He's a stat, man. Ooh, that was a good stat. Yeah, such a good stat. No, it wasn't. Such a, such a good stat. It was mediocre. You know it was. He's a stat, man. Hey. Let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, guys, we are moving on now to the driver power rankings. Oh, yeah. Power rankings time. Another race down, and there has been some movement in my pants. I'm just that excited for some more racing. Cannot wait for Portugal, but before... We do head over to Portugal. Portimao, we must reflect on what has happened at Imola and see where the drivers land on the power rankings. All 20 of them. Let's break it down now. The first 10, I'll go through relatively quickly. We don't need the details. And what I say goes, so don't try and argue with me, okay? Okay, okay. Number 20, Nikita Mazepin. Look, man. Two races in, you've left me with nothing. You've spun out. What was it, like eight times in two races? Oh, and you've only finished one of those races. So you've spun eight times and completed one race. Path absolutely pathetic. You're coming in dead last. And a car that isn't really drivable, but the driver himself is what we're grading today. And hasn't been good. Number 19, Nicholas Latifi. Well, what can I say? He actually, that's Saturday in Imola. Great qualifying session. Excellent work there. But overall, though, not good enough. Number 18, I've got, to, I've got to do it. Mick Schumacher, you've done nothing for me. You had a good outing. You've completed two races. Had a little bit of a spin under the wet conditions. But, I mean, great experience for you. You've experienced now red flags, safety cars, wet tracks, dry tracks, night tracks, day tracks, cold weather races, all within two weeks of your racing career in Formula 1. So it hasn't been bad at all, but you're still 18. Number 17, Sebastian Vettel. Oh, four-time world champ all the way down there. I mean, I try and move him away from the car itself, but the car is horrible. And when Lance Stroll is, is driving better than you in the exact same car, yeah, sure, Daddy's put some extra stuff in Lance's car. We all know that. Okay, but Seb, it's been nothing to write home about. You've been pretty ordinary. You're, you're there more to teach Stroll how to drive, to, to get in his head, to be that experience there, to, to work out what's wrong with the car. You're not there to win races, but you should. I, I would ex still expect you to flirt with the points a little bit. Number 16, Fernando Alonso. Coming back, high expectations in a Renault that's really dropped off, and now the Alpine looking like a fresh tube of toothpaste out there. And moving like one too, it's been really disappointing. They've they've been the biggest sort of drop off really from last year to this year. Renault were looking, I mean they were they were a mid card team, but now they're looking like one of the bottoms. And Alonso, 
really struggled out there. Yes, he got into the points with a penalty, but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like that. And Ocon's actually proving that you can get a little bit of pace and consistency out of the car. Disappointing by Fernando. Number 15, George Russell. Now, he would have been a lot higher had the shenanigans that happened on the weekend did not happen. That was very, very disappointing indeed. He just really, really struggled, and he's seen ghosts out there because Bottas, I feel, didn't move, didn't flinch. We've seen it in slow-mo. I don't know what he saw that we didn't see, but let's take a listen to that crash and a bit of the aftermath as well. What the f was he doing? Honestly, is he a f for what? What the f oh. Are you okay, Lantern? Yeah. Big one. All good. Number 14, Kimi Raikkonen. Now, he's actually been pretty consistent. I actually really like what the Alfa Romeos are doing. They're not really Saturday track cars. They're not out there blistering pace, but they're consistent. You don't hear of them breaking down. They're not the ones spinning off the track. They're the ones just putting lap in after lap in after lap in. And if he didn't have the penalty over the weekend, he probably would have been a little bit higher than his teammate, but he's also been fantastic also. Radio exchanges. He's had two brilliant ones so far. What won a race. We're going to play him back to back. The Bahrain one with the audio. Oh my God, it's bellissimo. And then of course in Imola, watching that crash and getting into an argument with his engineer over. Yeah, I, I'm very aware of what happened just in front of me. Let's take a listen. Let's see what Kimi Raikkonen touches to lose that front wing. Back of the car, step out of the line as he picked the power up through turn two. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me, Kimi? Radio check. Radio check, if you can hear me, I need more charge. Okay, give me box, box, if you can hear me. Can you hear me now? No, negative, negative. I can't hear you. But I can hear you now. Yeah, box, box, if you can hear me. Still there, hear me? No, I can't hear you. Can I hear me? No, negative. But your answer is still there. If you can hear me, Kimi, we will go directly in. Can you hear me? Check. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? I'll hear. I hear you. Okay. Oh, yellow. Where you are? Watch. Yeah, watch what they bring. Yeah. 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 I got sprayed with all kind of. It's gonna be safety car. Okay. Can you your safety car window is closed? Safety car. Odyssey and work on your brakes and tires. And there is a lot of debris on the track. I know, because it just happened. I know. I know. My car is full of I know. We are checking the tire. Okay, well, I'm with you. Don't worry, we're checking. Number 13 is racing car Jesus Antonio Giovanazzi. Fantastic driving again. Just like Kimi, nothing spectacular out there. Not really blistering along the track, but very, very consistent indeed. Not really running wide. He's just staying on the track line. Track limits aren't an issue. He's just doing his thing. They're just disappointing on a Saturday. The pace isn't there, but if you want a, if you want a car and two drivers that'll get you to the end of each race, lap in and lap out, then then they're doing well. Giovinazzi, number 13. Number 12, Lance Stroll. Been, been okay with him. He's actually driving all right. I don't think the car's that drivable. But um, he's probably a little hard done by coming in at number 12. But he, he has had a very solid start. Yes, the car's... 
I mean, yeah, I, I was saying Alpine's been the biggest drop-off. Actually, uh, Racing Point, now Aston Martin, that's been the biggest drop-off, but that's with the, the high rake issue there when the aero changes. But we'll see if they adjust to it. I really like what he's doing, actually. Number 11, Yuki Sonoda. Now, this guy, I'm so high on this guy. In my fantasy team, and he must know it because he is crashing, spinning, doing all of that. But his free practices, the pace is there. We clearly know when the pressure's not on, what he can do. But Wednesday, he's a rookie, so we, we give him some patience. But I want to start seeing it on Saturdays and Sundays. I want to start seeing that. The man swears like a sailor too. I absolutely love it. Let's take a little listen to Yuki Sonoda getting a bit sweary out there. Number 10, Esteban Ocon. Now, I've been quite pleasantly surprised. I think the car, he's out driving the car. This is one of those instances where the car's not good enough, but he's definitely putting in the performance and the work, and I really like what he's doing at the moment. He's looking very, very strong indeed, and I, I'll admit where I'm wrong. Last year, I completely wrote him off. Ricardo made him look like a goose. But this year, he has turned it around, and he's actually impressed, and that's why I've got him in the top 10. Number nine, Pierre Gasly. Now, I don't think it's his fault what happened on the weekend. He started on the wets instead of the intermediates. He was on the wets for what seemed like forever, about half the race, and he just was losing about, what, was five seconds a lap, essentially? Like, it, it was just horrible, horrible decision. Again, it probably wasn't his, and as soon as they switched to the slicks, he was able to climb the climb back up, get in the top 10, get some points. But he needs to be one that turns it around as well. Like He's nine, but I'm expecting him to be top six at least. That's more of a, I'm being very nice to Pierre right now. The Alpha Tower is both of them. I think the pace is there in the car. We see it on the weekend. We see it in the free practices, but the race pace, little errors costing them, little strat strategic errors are costing them. Right, it's not the car letting them down, it's the, it's the drivers and the teams right now letting them down. Number eight, Valtteri Bottas. Now, what's going on with you, mate? C cannot drive with any moisture around. None. You better pray there is no rain for the rest of this year because right now you're looking like a goose. Absolutely horrible. You are fighting a Williams for P9. The only reason I've got you number eight in the power rankings is because your car. You can handle that car. You're the one in charge. Everyone goes, well, wouldn't you much rather see George Russell in that Mercedes than Valtteri Bottas? No, no, no. You want to see Valtteri Bottas. One, because if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. You're, you want to see Valtteri Bottas because Hamilton wins championships because Valtteri Bottas isn't running into him, crashing into him, hanging back. Nico Rosberg was pushing Hamilton to the point where they collided a few times. So Valtteri Bottas, I'm happy for you and Mercedes. I want you to stay there. Number seven, Daniel Ricciardo. Now, this is more of one of those positions where, you know, he's done so much in the past that I can't ignore it sort of thing because he, the way he's going, I mean, we see what his teammate is doing. Like two purple sectors in qualifying, gets himself onto front row only to have it taken away with track limits. You know, and we saw what happened on the weekend as well. You were given team orders to let him pass, and you did because you're a very, very excellent team driver. That's that's what you are, and I wouldn't expect anything less. But as soon as he got past you, Lando Norris pulled out seconds almost immediately. You know, something's got to give there. I don't know if it's 
yeah, if he's adjusting to a new car, they need to do it quick. He needs to start getting those laps in in free practice. Start doing, you know, 30 laps of free practice. Just go on. I know it's shorter now, probably 20 laps. Each free practice, just bang. Get out there early. Get used to it. Get the repetitions up. He doesn't quite trust that car yet. Number six, Sergio Perez. Now, the only reason he's down this low is, again, I think it's a bit of the Danny Rick thing. He's getting used to a brand new car. You know, he... Yes, he was consistent last year in the racing point, but he didn't get that win until the last race of the season. Or second to last race of the season, sorry. Max got the last win. He went from last in the grid to first to win it. All right, he got used to the car and he felt comfortable. Now, these cars are very, very different. This is what, his like fourth car he's driving? Fourth different team he's driven for? So yeah, the Red Bull will take some time getting used to, but I, I believe he'll turn it around fairly quickly. And speaking of new drivers and new cars, number five, Carlos Sainz. Now, these Ferraris. Now, everyone's talking about how Red Bull have caught up to Mercedes. No, 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 no. What's happened is Mercedes have been pulled back to Red Bull. So Red Bull have the pace on them now. So the biggest jump of the year has got to be Ferrari. They were they were one of the bottom teams last year. They were struggling. I know they finished six out of 10, but they were struggling. Carlos Sainz, though, excellent work. He actually qualified P11. He didn't look great out there, but then all of a sudden, on Sunday, on the race day, he really went for it, and he looked real good indeed. You can hear the disappointment, though, when he gets P11, so take a little listen. Carlos Sainz is out, though, in the Ferrari. Are we good or not? No, we have P11, I'm afraid. Ferrari. Number four in the driver's driver's championship power rankings Charles Leclerc Charles Leclerc excellent drive again Ferrari absolutely incredible what's more incredible about the drive that happened on the weekend was of course he had no radio he had to defend against a seven time world champ in Sir Lewis Hamilton with no radio assistance from his team just good old fashioned check the mirrors stay in the middle of the track little hedge there close it off excellent excellent driving from him and I think he finished uh, P4 as well. So he had, he had a fantastic, fantastic weekend. Um, excellent work with Ferrari. Excellent work, Charles Leclerc. I, I love what they're doing. They're really going to give McLaren a run for their money. I think McLaren have the faster car. But if Danny Rick can't turn it around soon, uh, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc will, will mow down Lando Norris. And number three on the list. I know this is going to be really unfair, but this is the driver's championship. <laughs> Drivers power ranking for the championship, you know. Sir Lewis Hamilton, number three. Yeah, number three. I mean, he's still quick in that Mercedes. He got the fastest lap on the weekend. Yeah, he had a bit of clean air, all right, but he went off. It was his own fault, came back. He's just a freak. We know the pace isn't there in that in that Mercedes, but he is outperforming the car. I mean, you've got the best driver in one of the best cars, and he looks he looks real good out there too. Fastest lap, qualified fastest. I mean, let's listen to the team when he qualified fastest too. Even they were shocked. 30th different track in his career, Lewis Hamilton will start a Grand Prix in the top spot. That's it, mate. That is it. Wow. Look at the time. We got it. You got it, mate. Beautiful work. That's a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> and then, of course, you've got to listen to that clawback. 
when he was able to get second. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Second place finish. Fantastic work by Lewis Hamilton. Nice work, Lewis. That's an awesome recovery. Great battle. Back to V2. Lewis, super, super drive. We're leading the championship. Awesome job, guys. My apologies for that mistake earlier on. But we're living with that. On to the next one. Indeed, mate. Indeed. Number two, Max Verstappen. Excellent drive. You can't really fault him for what happened on the weekend. Bahrain, he had a great outing. Had the quicker car there. He did nothing wrong. He went a little bit wide to do the overtake. Gave the position back, probably at the wrong moment. Um, and I know it wasn't his doing, so I'm not going to penalise him for that. Yes, he, he was the reason he went wide, but he didn't give the position up straight away. He, he got told to do that. FIA told him to do that as well. Then uh, great Imola. Great qualifying, P3. That start, though, that start was impressive. I mean, we, we say how they qualified. Imola's one of those tracks where everyone's going to qualify within a, a certain fraction of a, a second. And the top eight drivers were all qualified within 0.4 of a second. You know, rather than have first to second be 0.4 of a second, which we have seen, which we actually saw in Bahrain, I think it was, 0.4 between um, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. In... Imola, it was 0.4 between Lewis Hamilton all the way down to who was P8, I can't even remember, that might have been, I don't even know, it might have been, no, I honestly don't even know, probably Ocon, probably Gasly, one of those. It, it was just, it was absolutely packed. So for Hamilton, so for Verstappen, sorry, to finish P3 and then get one of those starts. Oh my God, if you haven't seen it already, have a look online. Perez coming up on the right-hand side. Hamilton had to go across in defense, and Max with the quick start, starting in second gear. Excellent work to get around and perfect start by Max, Maxi boy. Excellent race. And have a listen to it. Race engineer couldn't be more excited. Let's listen to that, that victory. To a man who's never won in Italy before and who wins the Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix this afternoon, Max Verstappen takes victory in Italy and it was a victory by a long, long margin. Okay, Max, great work. There you go. It's not always all about Saturday. <laughs> yes! Well, that was uh, tricky out there, but it's great job, guys. You've managed that really well. <laughs> Thank you. Mega job, Max. Mega, mega job. Great. Uh, difficult afternoon, but you nailed it. Well done. Yeah, I'm very happy with that. And number one in the power rankings, you would have guessed it from process of elimination. We're going to give it to Lando Norris now. He is out driving that car. That, that McLaren has some pace and he is extracting it. He front row of the grid. All right. He, yes, he ran wide track limits, but two purple sectors as well. Oh my God. He looked good and he had the pace there too. Got past Danny Rick. Absolutely. Got past him when the team gave the orders and then he just went out. He just pushed out, extended that lead straight away. An excellent race as well. They took the gamble, put him on the softs when the red flag happened because he was able to then, I think he was P5 at that time. He was able to get up some positions all the way up to P2 relatively quickly past the two Ferraris. He was P2 behind Verstappen. Wasn't going to catch him, but that's when the tires started going and that's when Lewis was able to mow him down. But he... For a guy only in his third year, he was holding Lewis up for quite a few laps. Excellent job there by Lando Norris in the McLaren. Great work, great qualifying, great Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. He was a whole package.
to get another podium and he's he's going to be the future he's going to be an excellent driver to look out for this year i think he's going to get a few more podiums as well but great work in that mclaren but that is the power rankings for the drivers so far after two races we're going to cover the teams another time but excellent job so far. What do you guys think? Do you agree with it? Do you disagree? Let me know how you would shuffle up that order. Head over to at Parker in my Fermi, Twitter, Facebook, Insta. I will be waiting there. Slide into those DMs. Whisper, whisper something naughty to your boy. He's going to be sitting back and waiting. But that was your driver's power rankings. Well, guys, that is going to do it for episode number 31. Thank you so much for stopping by. Like I said, if you have not listen to all the episodes head along to parkitinmyfermo.com you can download each of the 31 episodes there now also look down at that podcast listening app of yours make sure that subscribe or follow button is ticked because you don't want to miss a second of the action now we don't have a long wait I hope everyone's going to enjoy their long or their weekend right now and then it's only one week to go and then we have Portimao heading over to Portugal Grand Prix it's going to be great that was a fantastic race last year so glad that it's made it back onto the calendar for this one because it's going to be an absolute rip snorter absolutely going to love it so we're going to start previewing that next week as well Crofty's Love Files will be back of course because you can't have a minute without him I'm going to talk a little bit of fantasy as well do some more power rankings and who knows Detective Cordy could be back again. But that is going to do it for another show. Thank you so much, so, so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.